Studio One X. It's 100.3 The X Rocks with Hertz. Yeah, give it up. Oh, this is awesome, man. Thank you guys for coming in. Wonderful to I see you guys it. again. Absolutely. I just want to say real quick, a uh, big thank you to ABU Games, who sponsored this X session today, and uh, food complimentary of Buffalo Wild Wings, which you guys enjoyed I as well. I have enjoyed Oh, it's very delicious. Much. It's delicious. I haven't eaten in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are at the uh, Knitting Factory Concert House tonight. Tickets are on sale for $15. Bucks. Um, you guys were here last time for X-Fest, and that was awesome. That was a really good time. In fact, uh, that kind of kicked off what we're doing in the future. I spent my birthday here. And, uh, you know, I knew, like, everybody at the festival. Sure. And after we finished playing, I'm like, all right, it's my birthday. You know, I'm going to hang out. I, so I consume all the alcohol on the bus. And then after <laughs> that, I find myself alone, and uh, I start making calls. And everybody's like, nah, dude, I'm tired, man. We played a show today, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We all play shows every day. And finally, I got around to Shim from Sick Puppies, and I called him, and I was like, dude, man, I mean, what's up with this? I'm, it's my birthday, and I'm, I'm alone on my bus, and I got nothing to do. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Oh. Did you say it was your birthday, mate? And I was like, yeah. He's like, ah, all right, let me, let me appropriate a golf cart. So we stole a golf cart and uh, ended up having a really good time with it. And then as the future went on, uh, just a few weeks ago, I gave him a call and I was like, what are you doing this summer? And uh, he said, I don't really know. We don't have any solid plans yet. And I said, you want to tour with us? You know, well, tour with us, they, we tour with them, same thing. And he was like, sure. So we uh, set up a joint headlining tour right away that way. And that was probably the easiest tour to set up, period. Those guys are awesome. I'll tell Very you. cool they've, folks. They've been in here uh, a few times and uh, they were a lot of fun. But um, he's a crazy, crazy drunk. That's I great. will say that. Oh, he's a good I think man. I'm a little, wor- a little bit worse. But <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Well, uh, you got a new album. It's called Goodbye to the Machine. And uh, for back, uh, lack, of, lack of better words, I, I would call it a self-reflecting journey of intellect and artistic capability and rock awesomeness those are pretty good words yeah <laughs> man come on i, I spent a, a lot of time actually okay thinking all right that. It, it was like 20 yeah, minutes like thinking up those words with that off the top looking of up what they mean on the internet no actually, you talk uh, pretty man <laughs> <laughs> is there any uh, significant ideas or or maybe some some expressions you wanted to get through with this album oh uh, well you know every one of the songs was very pertinent to me in some way and there were a couple of songs for the first time that I did that weren't about me, and it, I think it's pretty obvious which ones those are. Like, uh, for instance, Pandora was set up as a 1930s, 40s era cliffhanger because I'm a fan of old radio, you know, kind of a geek and, and grew up that way. But, uh, you know, again, it was, you know, one more delving introspective into things, and I'm not really, you know, thinking like, oh, I'm so great, you need to, you know, dwell upon my life. It's just what I know about. So, you know, I tend to pick apart and, and be hard on myself and then I you know kind of see like the ironies and the similarities and situations in life as far as you know I don't care what you're going through somebody else is going through it you know Definitely. so you know I just kind of write about what I know and hopefully I'll make some uh, maybe happier tunes in the future I don't know I don't know man these are pretty good but uh, thanks you know <laughs> we just we just uh, try to do things honestly and uh, make it beautiful and whatever whatever it is I just want to affect somebody constraints or anything <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the time constraints were brutal, too. We kind of placed it upon ourselves because uh, even the title of Goodbye to the Machine, you know, meant a couple of things. First of all, we recorded on analog, which is an extremely, like, basically haughty and time-consuming effort. You know, now that everybody's using Pro Tools, that's a a modern and digital editing tool. Everything's kind of, well, turned to cookie-cutter stuff. And we wanted to get away from that. And we also wanted to get away from our label that was basically trying to blackmail us into, you know, being... A stereotypical kind of band and you know telling us oh you need more hooks in your songs and like no you don't so uh, we just made things our way and uh, there came goodbye to the machine and I don't think I've truly heard anybody that said I just don't like that record 
So, I mean, I guess what we're doing, we're, we're still doing it right, and it comes from the heart. So uh, I figure, how can you go wrong? Even if you're wrong, you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm going to have to say, in, in past interviews, you've cited some of your influences, um, and a little bit different than most most rock bands would cite as their influences. I mean, you've got Bach and Beethoven and some of these classical I'm huge artists. into those guys. Absolutely. Do you think that y your music's almost a conduit for trying to bring that back or, or have an appreciation for it? Does it just it's, come naturally? It's not trying to bring it back, and, you know, it's not really the most glorifying way of saying it, but, you know, to be honest, I was a classical violinist when I was younger, and that was my aspiration. It was to be the best violinist in the world. Obviously, I'm not that. But, uh, you know, I was well on my way. I was doing very, very well and practicing 8 to 12 hours a day. And uh, as I, I started playing this music, it was not fulfilling. You know, I was just becoming a robot to, to exercise things. And what I really realized is I said, well, I started playing music because it was beautiful, because it touched people and it touched me. So I kind of had to make a change, you know. And uh, I stopped reading all these music theory books and stuff. And I just started writing from the heart. And uh, oftentimes it came with guitar, which I didn't at the time know how to play, but I picked it up. And uh, I went into the realm of rock because basically, I mean, I don't want to talk about business, but your chances of uh, going into popular music like pop is just astronomical. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, it, you know, if we did something from the heart and didn't style it a particular way, just did what we felt like doing, that people would say, yeah, that's, that's music. And uh, through the years, we've kind of... Uh, We've kind of seen that people understand that because they're like, I don't even know what to classify you guys as. It's just music, and that's what it is. So, and I think I, I think the uh, the sign of a good band is something that you can't label. That you know you, you can't put it down. You can't pin it down to one certain genre or another. And I know that um, you had some problems with your past label trying to label you, you as know, a metal band, yeah, which doesn't you know, make a whole lot of sense. I guess predicated on the singles that were out there, you know, with mm. the uh, you know Rapture and Ten Ton Brick and the heavier songs that were out. It's just easier to like say, yeah, that's you know what the band is and what it sounds like. But then when you pick up the CD and you hear some of the acoustic stuff or the slower stuff or stuff that's not metal at all, you know, yeah, for Christ's sake, we're playing the wrong on stage. You know? You know? Exactly, exactly. So. Um, if you could see, kind of on this topic, if you could see one problem with music in general today, what would you say that would be? Um, I think it's the lack of appreciation due to the bombardment of crap. Mm. Um, I think that uh, this has also been brought about by several atrocities done by the labels in the past. You know, uh, there's a, an age-old saying basically: if you don't pay for something, it's not valuable for you. And uh, you know, people were overcharged; they were ripped off for years and years and years. So they started, you know, taking the music, and and then eventually the music had no value to them, and they just skip through an iPod really fast, don't really listen to anything that anybody does, and that kind of feeds and perpetuates the problem of shallow, crappy, disposable music. Absolutely. And I would say that that whole thing all combined is, is a problem. And, you know, I'm not out to change the world or people's mindsets. I'm just, you know, here to deliver what, what we do. And if you want to actually take the time and delve into it, we appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, that's the best answer I've ever had to that question because some of them answer, you know, I, I don't really see a problem with, with music at, at all in general today. Well, I mean, but not I mean, music itself, uh, surely, but it's people aren't spending the time on it that they should. And, exactly. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to run around and do something this ridiculous for a living that we do, and we're working, you know, like 20-hour days, if you're going to do that, you better love what you're doing because I can't, uh, I really can't 
justify looking at myself in the mirror if I get up every day singing a song about boobies and beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, part of that is is the rock and roll lifestyle you're talking about, doing a lot of touring. You know, you're 20 hours a day. You're on a bus constantly. Okay. If you could sum up the rock and roll lifestyle, if you could sum up the, the music lifestyle from touring with huge bands to, to doing what you do every day, what would you say? You know, it's a wonderful juxtaposition between knowing that you're a pile of dirt and uh, being treated like a god. So... I don't really know how people deal with that and actually believe what people are telling them. Uh, I know that there's a certain persona that's put out, you know, because you do your best to be professional and good and, and you know, bigger than life. But the truth is, I'm just a dude and I'm not a very good one at that. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how to sum it up. I mean, everybody's life is different, but at the same time, when you're on the road, you're basically a glorified carny. Uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of people that say are boys and girls overseas can probably uh, to somewhat relate to what we're doing because you never see your family, you never see anybody you care about. It's always strangers and, and everything tries, you know, you try to pay attention, but things do get blurry no matter how you, you try. But the only difference is we get praised for what we do and they get shot at. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, uh, goodbye to the machines, the new album. You guys are at the Knitting Factory Concert House tonight. And a big thank you to ABU Games and Buffalo Wild Wings for bringing in some food. You guys want to play us a song? I would love to do that. It's hurt live in Studio 1X. This is a duet that on the record we did with Sean Morgan from Seether. Thank you very much, Sean. And uh, we're going to do it by our lonesome today. And it's called World Ain't Right. Just ain't right That keeps me up at night A good man paralyzed He's everything to me And what else could it be He paid for all we knew He paid for all we get And how can I forget If it hasn't happened yet Gambler pays his dues A gambler pays his debts And based upon a bet A brand new record vet But he just lost Juliet He'd pay for all he knew He'd pay for all he'd get And how can I forget if it hasn't happened yet Would you show me the meaning of love Cause it doesn't affect me much What you do unto us Never expected all my hopes and dreams To fall apart at the seams To fall apart at the seams The kindest man I knew The kindest man I seen Is tied to a machine 
yeah, tied to a machine The kind that made him breathe me much or oh, what you can do on us hell I never expected all my hopes and dreams to fall apart at the seams to fall apart at the seams a world that just ain't right you keep me up at night I try to stay satisfied And I'm still in love with you But it's not like you'd want me to Studio 1X, it's Hurts Playing at the Knitting Factory Concert House tonight with Royal Bliss. And uh, tickets are on sale right now. Knitting Factory Box Office, KnittingFactory.com. 15 bucks and a big thank you to ABU Games and Buffalo Wild Wings for bringing us this sack session. That was awesome, guys. I, I also wanted to mention that uh, Big Elf's going to be there tonight. They're a really good band. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, so yeah definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, who here saw Royal Bliss? Was there a few people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a couple of people. I'm excited. They're, they're no, a lot I've of fun, heard nothing man. but good things about they're those guys. They're a lot guys. of fun. They're cool. But um, but you guys, that that sounded awesome. By the way, uh, thank you. I, I have to ask though, um, where you're. Well, I listened to a song like Rapture, and Rapture. Uh, there's a lot of. Um, I don't know, between people, there's a lot of uh, disagreement as to what the song's about. I know exactly what that song's about, and, and it's about a and personal thing. Exactly. Okay, so uh, I was wondering where most of the inspiration comes from for your songs and where the best inspiration comes from, in your opinion. <coughs> Unfortunately, um, most of the inspiration that would drive you to do what we do is uh, very, very painful. And uh, it's, it's usually about uh, loss, you know, and it has been at least in the past, but that's not always the case. Like, for instance, on uh, on this record, there's a song called 1331, and uh, I sat and I thought, and I, I thought about all the good things that happened to me in my life, and there's a reason why I can't say, you know, the phrase, nobody ever gave me nothing, because the guy I'm singing about was uh, the curator of a music shop, and he always believed in me ever since I was a little kid. So, you know, I don't just want to dredge up the most horrible things in life and sing about them. It's just I've had an unusually crappy life. And uh, that's changing now thanks to all the friends and the fans and, you know, a lot of hard work. So there's no, there's no one thing that all the songs are about. And uh, this is why I openly crack on, say, Christian music, because they will take songs and, and they all, by necessity, have to be about one theme. And I don't really appreciate that. I... You know, I'm not going to say I would never make an album about one thing, but uh, it's very unlikely that I would, unless it was to be basically an opus or something like that. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's still different facets of different parts of the story, and I try to keep it entertaining. But, uh, you know, a lot of people take, because it comes from a lot of different angles and a lot of ways of, of sitting and thinking in a lot of lonely times, a lot of people really latch on to it. And, you know, they'll tell me what a song is about to them, and it's perfectly applicable. And I'm telling you, that really makes a difference in my life. When I get to hear, you know, folks say, um, you know, for instance, there was a gentleman the other day that said my wife died of cancer, and uh, I was sitting there about to eat pistol, and uh, you know, I was listening to the song. So, um, 
Yeah, it means a lot. And I, I'm not going to tell people for that reason what the song is about specifically. I know damn well what the song is about. But uh, if it means that much to him, then why would I ruin that? Definitely. Definitely. I agree. Switching over a little bit, um, your shows, do you, do you expect to have fans to have a little bit of a, a, a visceral kind of instinctual experience and, and you know, headbang? Or do you expect them to have more of a reflective intellectual experience, kind of just sit back and take it all in? No, during the shows, I expect to see it all. We we get, a, I mean, you can say as well as I can. He's looking at the faces every night. We get uh, tears, uh, joy, jumping, playing. Unfortunately, a little bit of brutal violence sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I definitely don't condone that. Mm. Um, you know, I guess I can thank Ten Ton Brick for that. But you know, the funny thing is, Ten, <laughs> Ten Ton Brick is more of a uh, salvation kind of song. You know, I don't mean in a spiritual manner. It's kind of uh, reaching a crossroads. And at the same time, I got my hands tattooed. And it's just a, a song of almost a bittersweet triumph. And that's why the last part of that song is Aftermath. So I, I don't know. I know I'm talking myself in circles, but the, the albums that we make are very involved. And it's kind of hard to talk about one part of a song, like, for instance, Tint and Break, without talking about Aftermath, because it's, that's just the way it was, and that's the way it is. Definitely. Well, um, and, and one more question here before I'll let you guys play. Which, one by the more way, song. thank you for the great questions. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's so refreshing to come in and see you know beautiful faces, friendly folks, and then not have to say, "So, where are you guys from?" Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Well, or or what's your album like? You know, right. and and you see that a lot when you uh, when you look at old interviews. It's just the same questions. I, I got to tell you, worst interview we ever had. I'm not going to say who it was, but she says, "Why should people buy your album?" And I'm like. <laughs> Um, because it will make you sexy and better at sports. Are you talking about, is that the same one where we got cut off after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so where are you guys, you know, what's this? You start a question and you're not even like three words in. So, yeah, we were thinking, and they're going to be here. And then just like, she would just like cut you off, like right in the middle of like the answer. You're like, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. No, no. I, I just no, had to stop you and thank you for That's being awesome. awesome and, definitely. And definitely. really doing more than that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More than than you needed to to get no, by. Man, so. absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll give you this is this is a little bit lighter question. We talked about this a little bit before the interview, but my favorite one of my favorite songs off the album is called Flowers, and it's a hidden track off of the last <laughs> track, and it's so like I, I, the first reaction I had to it was. I was depressed, but it was hilarious <laughs> at the same time. So where did that song come from? I thought it was high time we showed our, our sense of humor, you know, and I had, I had written that song. Again, we wrote the entire record in a month on purpose, and I know I was just slamming people for not spending enough time on things, but that didn't mean that we didn't work about 24 hours a day in it. I worked myself sick. I had a very high fever. And you can thank Flowers for basically the product of that. You know, it was a beautiful, gut-wrenching song, and I was like, I don't want to make a song like that. I was like, man, you know, I want to do some good in the world. I'm not going to sing about that. So I said, well, I'll get my message through anyway, but uh, I'm going to tell it in a very nihilistic way. We were just, you know, talking about niche. So Yep, absolutely. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's basically how it happened. And uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels at the end of the recording process <laughs> helped that out, too. Because um, we had the song in our back pocket, and we, uh, we had just finished World Ain't Right. We had about an hour and a half before the studio closed on the last day, you know, because we run everything down to the wire. Uh, in fact, we ran it down to our last cent of recording time, and um, we just <laughs> we whipped it out and uh, sang it. Then I got to run behind the console and record it, which was fun for me because, you know, I'm the vocalist. I get to hear, you're flat, you're flat, you're flat, you're, you're sharp, you're sharp. So anyway, it was a fun time for me, and I'm, uh, I'm getting to yell at the people on talk back when we got everybody in the whole building that had worked on the record and even a few of our friends to sing along. 
so I thought it was a really good close. And uh, you know, there is definitely beauty in the life. There's there's humor in life, and I just wanted to show that. Obviously, we're not the Bloodhound Gang or something, so we're not gonna, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not gonna do that. But well, what's the harm in having a laugh? Jesus, I mean, if if life isn't worth living, then I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I, I hate it when these guys go around moping all the time about how. Uh, you know, life sucks, life sucks. I'm like, well, off with yourself then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, let's hear uh, one more song. You guys are tuning back to quick, concert. Can house? we take a quick break to tune? Did you, did you tune? Yeah, oh. yeah, go ahead and uh, tune. And uh, I'll... I'll uh, oh, well, you know what? We don't need to. He's okay. that good. Awesome. Yes. Well, uh, I want to thank our sponsors again real quick, ABU Games and Buffalo Wild Wings. And a big thank you to our producer, Rochelle who's uh, over there in the studio. She's doing an awesome job. And uh, what, what song are you guys going to play? I thought we'd do one that was familiar. We're going to do uh, Ten Ton Brick. Great. Yeah, I'm glad we, ma- I'm glad we made the right choice. <laughs> this one is the one you're not going to run around and jump and, and be violent. <laughs> so, this is, this is not, I don't know. You can see like, fans and listeners pulling out their hair to the acoustic show. So. <laughs> Make big black holes and Who am I supposed to be? It's not like you give a damn about me But who am I supposedly when I'm finally done? Cause I'm finally done With the decisions of my former thoughts And all that I made of Yeah, I'm finally
decision love Now I don't mind saying You're to blame Studio 1X It's Hurt tonight at the Knitting Factory Concert House Awesome guys, thank you so much thank for coming Thank you so in. much for having us, thank Definitely. you so much for playing our music and Guys, thank you for listening to it Yeah, thank awesome you. And a big thank you again to ABU Games, Food Complimentary of Buffalo Wild Wings, and Rod's Limos. Took him over in the limo. Awesome. <laughs> that is Thank the most guys. awesome experience oh, ever, by the absolutely. way. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Rod is cool. Anyway, that's it for us here live in Studio 1X. Hurts, go to the concert tonight. We'll see you there. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>